Here's the thing, I'm gonna help you out with this. The reason you ought to tap into their feelings with them is because it gives you double the power. Welcome to Wesley Amy Zion Church, where we're working the vineyard through faith, worship, witness, and service. Today, Pastor Jones shares a message entitled, A Reaction of the Attitude, taken from the series of Overcoming Evil. Let's go into the message. Now that you're in Romans chapter 12, um, I want you to look at verses 14 through 16, Romans chapter 12. If you have it, say amen. amen. Beginning at verse 14, it reads, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Amen. Amen. I want to share this morning from uh, part two of the series we started the week before last of overcoming evil. And in that message, we talked about how we're going to overcome evil and had to be what we said, a reaction of the heart. And today I want to share part two of that overcoming evil. And it has to be a reaction of the attitude, reaction of the attitude. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we ask now your blessings upon us. We pray, God, that you would continue to move by your Holy Spirit's power, leading and guiding and direct us, us into all truths, God. God, we just bless your name for this day. We bless your name for your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you, God, for the power and the privilege of salvation. And we ask now, God, that you'd open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. And then open our hearts, oh God, that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Overcoming evil, a reaction of the attitude. On uh, the last time we shared in the uh, message, we were talking about overcoming evil and we ran down a list of things that are happening in our society. And, and even since last week, more things have happened, mm -hmm. more evil things have happened in our society. Mm -hmm. uh, you had a, a father who not only uh, molested, but killed his own daughter. Mm -hmm. That's happening in our society. Mm -hmm. You have people that are doing some ungodly things and some evil things in our society. And on last time we talked, we talked about it being a reaction of the heart. And we said that it had to be a reaction of the heart by hating evil. We do not like or promote things that are evil or ungodly. We have a disdain for them. We have a hatred for those things. And we talked about also clinging to good. As Christians, we ought to be gravitating to the things that are good in our world and in our society and the things that are good in individual people. And then we talked about we also overcome you by serving the Lord. Mm -hmm. Amen. In the face of evil, if we are out there doing good, we're promoting goodness in the world. We're promoting God in the world. And we also said we had to do it by conquering the trials. When we are faced with trials in life, one of the ways that we promote God is by conquering those trials. Now, the only way we can conquer them is through God himself. Amen. Mm -hmm. God giving us the power. God giving us the authority to conquer our trials. And one of the ways we also say it is by meeting the needs unselfishly. Mm -hmm. 
That's what we did yesterday. We went out to meet a need in the community. We went out to meet a need that is in the world. It has amazed me that there are so many people who could care less about people that are less fortunate than them. Mm -hmm. It amazes me that we have business people in this world who could care less whether or not people had adequate housing or whether people had housing that they could afford. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I found out here in the Charlotte market, housing is becoming very unaffordable. Mm -hmm. But the people only care about making that almighty dollar. Yeah. They've been driven and motivated by some evil forces. And I know folk will say, tell you all the time, you hear it quoted that, oh, money is the root of all evil. That's not the quite accurate oh. quote. It's the love of money yeah. that is the root of all yeah. evil. And some folk will do some things because of the love of money, because of the greed for money. They'll do all kind of evil things in order to gain it. And in fact, there was a debate on our job on last week as to, the man who died a uh, couch, uh, he died a billionaire that died and somebody said that they should shoot him and take all of his money. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking in my mind, how, how, how can you even allow yourself to, and you thought you were justified in your comments. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know that there's needs in this world and yes, and I know that there are some things that people out in this world who have the means to take care of those needs if they so desire but shooting them and taking what they have is not the solution. Right. And so we, we went around and around. Lisa, I was, well, unfortunately, I had to tell you, but I was by myself in this discussion because I was trying to tell them, hey, brother, I don't care how much you want to do that. That's not the right way to do it. But it just continues to show me that there's so much evil in this world. And even as I was praying about this message and I wound up having to break it up because I understood that if we're going to start with evil and dealing with evil, I've got to start with the people that I'm responsible for. Mm -hmm. And then I start with you and hopefully you'll get these messages and understanding and as you allow these words to go into your heart and your mind and you begin to live life in such a way that you can combat the evil that you face. Mm -hmm. Because you go places that I don't go. You know people that I don't know. You run into situations that I don't run into. But if we're all going out with the same mind and the same heart, and that is to conquer evil in this world by the power of God, then that means we take our influence wherever we go. And we can deal with the evil wherever we may find it. But we have to know how to deal with it when we find it. And so when I looked at this text and I began to see that Paul had shared uh, some things in his text on how to deal with this evil that is we find in the world. But as we come into message two, it's a uh, reaction of the, of the attitude. And notice this, I said it's a reaction of the attitude. Because every time we're confronted with evil, we have to make a reaction. Amen. Amen. And whether we're confronted with evil, whether you know it or not, in the past you have made a reaction. Amen. You've taken some course of action when you've been confronted with evil. Now, remember the last time somebody cussed you out. Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> you had a reaction. Amen. Now, it might not have been the right one, but you had a reaction. So when we think about this, whenever you're confronted with evil, no matter what form it is or no matter where you find it, you have to have a reaction. And so I want you to have a reaction of your attitude. And when you talk about that reaction of your attitude, we look at the first thing is bless those who persecute you. Paul gives the exhortation to bless, in other words, to speak well of the in the midst of persecution. Now, I know somebody might be thinking to themselves, you a fool. When I'm being persecuted, you want me to bless them. You want me to speak well of them when they're talking about me and running me down and calling me everything but a child of God. You want me 
to bless them. You want me to speak well of them. Well, that's what the Bible says. That's the exhortation that we've been given is to speak well of and to bless when they persecute you. And I began to ask the same question you did. Why did Paul give us this course of action in dealing with persecution? But then I began to understand that for the believer, it's like praying for the perpetrator of the evil. For the believer, it's like praying for them when you speak well of them, when you bless them. For the believer, it's like telling them that God is going to be on their side, that God can deliver them from their situation if they would but just heed to the power of God. Yes. It's our way of praying for folk when we speak well of them, when we bless them instead of cursing them. Right. Now, I know it's the hard thing to do, and the easiest thing to do is go, you... Yeah, yes. Lord help. And when they say something bad about you, I know the words just automatically start forming and they start rolling off your lips. But before your mouth opens up and releases it, take the moment to say, am I doing what God would want me to do here in the face of evil or, or am I just going to help evil to further be promoted out in the world? You see, when we face evil with evil, we're just doing another evil deed. We just become a part of the evil doing that is taking place in the world. But as Christians, it's our job to promote and to put goodness out into the world. It's our job to put God out in the world. But if we're putting evil out in the world in combat to evil, then devil wins. He's getting more and more evil out into the world. You see, our response requires us to have the right attitude when it comes to evil. And again, I said, I'm not saying that it's easy. But it's possible. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that you won't be challenged in this, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, it's possible. Yes. And, and I would dare to dare you to go out into the world. And as you go out into the world, when somebody starts talking bad about you, mm -hmm. I know maybe y'all been living good all your life and yeah. you've been you've been blessed all your life. Nobody's ever talked about you. Nobody mm -hmm. ever ran your name down. Nobody ever said you weren't going to be nothing. Nobody ever told you that you're going to be here all your life. Nobody ever told you that. I, I understand it. But I've heard them words. And, I, and I've heard people talk about me. And, I, and I've heard people run my name down. I, and I've heard, and it's gotten back around to me, that some people have said something about me. Mm -hmm. now, now, I'll be honest with you. At one point in my life, when it got back around to me, I, I had some words to say. Yeah, Jesus. Four letter, six letter, <laughs> eight letter. Lord have mercy. Amen. At one point in my life, I was a professional cusser. <laughs> Amen. I knew how to string them together. <laughs> I knew which phrases and adjectives to join together. <laughs> I had it down packed and it flowed out easily. But it is something about God coming into your life. He changes your way of speaking. He, he changes your way of thinking. And, and now, you know, you go through those phases. You used to say them frequently and you, they flowed out of your lip as if you were speaking fluent French. <laughs> but then all of a sudden God starts checking you because you've gone giving your life to him and he starts thinking about what you're about to say. Now they still form, but you, <laughs> and you don't say them, but you're still thinking them. But I've gone to the place in my life now that the words don't even come to my thought process. The words don't even come into my mind because I don't have to talk like that. And then I heard somebody, one of the things that helped me out, somebody said, 
cussing is a lack of it shows a lack of intelligence. And I said, well, I, I think I better stop cussing then, because, I, because I, I don't want to be looked at that way. And, I, and first of all, again, I had to realize as a Christian and it's always on my mind, I'm a representative of the kingdom. Yeah. Which kingdom do I represent? Do I represent the kingdom of God or do I represent the kingdom of evil? I desire to represent the kingdom of God. I desire to represent it not only in a represent it, but represent it in a good way. Yes. I'm going to say this. The problem we have now in the church is we got people that are representing the kingdom, but they're not represented in a right way. Amen. We call ourselves Christians, mm -hmm. but we'll cuss you out quicker mm -hmm. than you can get that chicken at Popeye's. Hey, <laughs> man, you know, you know, you're going to have to wait to get that chicken sandwich at Popeye's. You get cussed out. Before. Hey, but, but we call ourselves Christians. We call ourselves Christians, but we're involved in some of the same evil that the folk in the world are involved in. So how can we call ourselves Christians representing the kingdom of God if we're not representing it right? Amen. You see, it's easy to get angry and retaliate when you're facing persecution. Yes, but anger just is the bitter root that is growing up on the inside of you. And the longer you let it grow, the bigger it will grow. And the longer you let it grow and the bigger it grows, the more hate is going to come out of you. The more evil that will come out of your mouth. How can a bitter, uh, bitter water and sweet water come out of the same fountain? Mm -hmm. We bless God with our mouths and then we curse our neighbor out. Jesus. We've got to learn that we have to have the right attitude and it starts with us blessing folk instead of cursing them you see i understand this he said if you don't have the right transition in your attitude you will miss your opportunity to usher in repentance if you don't have the right transition in your attitude you'll miss the opportunity to usher in repentance there's some folk that would repent if you would repent I'm going to say that one more time. There's some folk that would repent if you would repent. If you would repent from your cussing and your evil ways, then maybe they would repent. But every time they cuss you out, you cuss them back out. Every time they talk bad about you, you talk bad about them. Every time they post a tweet or a post about you, you post a tweet or a post about them. Well, what would happen if they posted something about you and you said, in Jesus name, I bless you. And every time they ran you down, in Jesus' name, I bless you. In Jesus' name, I bless you. In Jesus' name, I bless you. They're going to have to stop posting after a while. Because if that ain't getting to them, the Holy Spirit is going to get to them. And as the Holy Spirit begins to work on them, as the Holy Spirit begins to move upon them, maybe they'll be posting one day. I just, you know, you get your inbox. I just want to apologize for what I have been doing to you. <laughs> In Jesus' name, I bless you. But we got to learn to not speak evil when folk are persecuting us. We got to learn to bless them and not curse them. But even as we continue to think about that attitude, we got to show genuine interest in the experiences of others. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. One of the hardest things is to allow our feelings to tap into the feelings of others. Yeah. They call it empathy. Yes, Your attitude must be right to share in the experiences of others. Now, we all have been in a situation, I'll safe, be safe to say, where somebody's gotten blessed. Mm -hmm. Somebody is over rejoicing about something that has happened in their life. How did you respond? What was your attitude to their blessing. Now we say we rejoice with people when they are being blessed. That's what we say, right? But is it real? Is it real? 
Oh, my man just bought me a new car. Oh, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> you try to smile as best you can while you're in their presence. You, you try to clap with them. And, but we know that's not, that's not the same, is it? But when you get blessed, oh, hallelujah. When you get blessed, you, woo, woo, woo. And you want somebody to be, woo, woo, with you. But it usually don't happen that way, do it? You're the only one that's seen the big, everybody's standing around smiling and they happy for you, but they're not feeling what you're feeling, are they? But we ought to be feeling what other folk are feeling. When they are rejoicing, we rejoice with them. When they're weeping and mourning, we ought to mourn with them. Again, that word empathy, I have the ability to tap into what you're feeling and experience it with you. When we were downtown yesterday, some folk had the ability to tap in and feel what those folk were feeling. Mm-hmm. And I, the further north you go, I find there's a mindset yeah. that they have up north. Yes. And they kind of cut to the chase, abrupt, mm-hmm. no nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And I'm thinking to myself, can we have a little more sympathy? Yeah. For, for, they're already in a bad situation. Can we have a little more sympathy for the people? Yeah. But if you're not able to tap into somebody else's feelings, mm. well, think about this. If it's you, mm. say, for instance, you're mourning. Mm. Do you want somebody to tap into your feelings and feel with you? Mm-hmm. When you're rejoicing, do you want somebody to tap into your feelings and rejoice with you? Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm going to help you out with this. The reason you ought to tap into their feelings with them is because it gives you devil the power. Mm. Oh, yes. Some of y'all missed that. Yes. If I'm celebrating the goodness of the Lord and Bishop Stone jumps in and celebrates with me, then that's two of us celebrating the goodness of the Lord. I'm not just celebrating by myself, but he's tapped into my feelings. He's tapped into my emotion, my understanding, and he's feeling that thing with me. Now we're both over here shouting. Is that how you do it, bitch? Is that how you do it? We're both feeling that thing. But guess what? If me and him are feeling it, and then Sister Melinda starts to feel it too, now there's three of us. But if everybody else could learn as a church body to tap into the rejoicing that people are feeling, then we're all celebrating. We're all rejoicing. But it goes the other way to where we're mourning. Yeah. You got double the power in your morning. Why? Because other folk have tapped into it and they are feeling it with you. They are mourning with you. Now imagine if we as Christians go out into this evil world and bless them instead of cursing them. And then we tap into people's emotions and feelings and we have empathy and sympathy for them and we feel with them. They'll begin to say there's something about those church folk. When I was going through my pain, they were right here with me. They were in my situation with me. They experienced it with me. It's something about somebody experiencing what you're going through and they have a connection with you. I don't know about you, but when I've been at my darkest hour, there's only been a few people that I've been able to have around me. There's only been a few people that I've been able to go around and say, you know what? I know you're with me. I know you got my back. I know you're feeling the same thing that I'm feeling. There's only been a few people. And I hate to say it. It wasn't a church folk. Mm. It wasn't a church family. It was folk who were still out there drinking. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Yeah. It was folk who were still out there cussing. Mm-hmm. But they had a way of feeling with me. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, don't get carried away. 
Because I can tell you how that go too sometimes. Yeah, they the only one that's feeling with me. And what you need is a drink. Yeah, you right. That's what I need. What you need is you need to hit this right here. This will get you right. This will take your mind off of all them troubles. No, not that way. Not that way. I just need you to feel with me. I don't need you to try to feel me. I just need you to feel with me. I can get filled on the Holy Spirit. I can get filled on something else, but I don't need that. I just need you to feel and sympathize and empathize with me. And see, we owe sympathy to others because we can help them to make an effective change in their life. Amen. And when we do this, we can contribute to the moral perfection in a person's life. Amen. Why? Because we've learned to feel with them. We've shown them what it's like. Don't you understand that when you're going through your darkest moment, there's always somebody with you? Amen. And I had to learn this is that Christ is always with you. Amen. God has already given. He said his Holy Spirit is a comforter. Amen. When you're in your darkest moment and you say that I can't get a soul around me, just know that Jesus Christ is always with you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you even until the end. And then when he left here, he said, I shall go so that I might send the comforter. Because if I don't go, he can't come. And I'm so glad that when he left, the Holy Spirit came down and now he's able to be with all of us. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, for a while, Bishop, I didn't quite get it because I I didn't quite realize that Jesus was kind of limited while he was down here. Mm -hmm. He could only be in that one place at that one time. But when he ascended, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit descended. Mm -hmm. Now that he's in heaven as our intercessor, we got the Holy Spirit that's able to be with you and you and you and you and you all at the same time. No matter where we may be, we might be in Brooklyn, but he's with you. I'm here in Charlotte. He's with me. You might be over in Mexico, but he's with you. No matter where you are, he is with you. And why? Because the Holy Spirit is there to comfort you. Even in your darkest hour, don't ever think that there's no one there for you. The Holy Spirit is right there for you. The Holy Spirit is right there to give you comfort, to bring you out of that trial and that situation. But we got to understand that we have to mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep, and rejoice with those who rejoice. And this, understand, that's the reason we do that. Because it's going to be your turn one day. Oh, hallelujah. Whether it's rejoicing, you want somebody to rejoice with you. Whether it's through mourning or weeping, you want somebody to weep and mourn with you. There's nothing greater than have folk around you that have been there. To have folk that have gone through your life experiences with you. I don't know about you, but I've had some people that have been there with me when my grandmother died. I've had people that have been there with me even when my father died. I have people that have been there with me when I've had different situations in and out of my life. And there's nothing like having that loved one right there with you. And bless my wife, I'll I'll never forget the day that they moved presiding elder Calvin L. Miller. I was doing good all that day in the conference. They moved him. And I'm watching folk and I'm just seeing folk broke up everywhere. <laughs> it's group, groups of folk over here talking about, and they got that look on their face. What are we going to do? I'm just, I'm just looking at these folk and I said, you know, I'm reminding them of what he preached. Well, he said these times were coming. He said there's going to be a time when you're going to have to be without him and you're going to have to do the things that he's been preaching. That's what I've been telling folk. I'm telling folk all that. And then the new pastor came up and introduced himself to me and I tried to interview him. I didn't know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) And I went home. And I was still good. 
But I woke up the next morning weeping. Weeping. Couldn't stop. And all my wife could do, put a hand on my back. And I ain't saying nothing, just put a hand on my back. Somebody was there with me yes, during my weeping yeah. moment. Somebody was yeah. there with me yes, during sir. the time that I was going through. Yeah. That's what we have to do as believers. Yeah. We got to be there yes, when folk are going through. Yes, whether it's yeah. rejoicing, yeah. whether it's weeping and mourning, we just sometimes have to be there. Yeah. Maybe a tear or two will roll down your eye as they cry. Yeah. Just be there. Yeah. Maybe you can't quite understand what they're going through but every now and then it just takes an arm being around yeah. you and somebody saying I'm here for you yeah. if you're rejoicing if y'all just get in a circle and look like y'all playing ring around the roses just celebrating <laughs> ring around the roses that's all, that might be too old for some of yeah. <laughs> but that's what it's about yeah. <laughs> and I didn't learn till later on that that was actually a bad thing that they were actually the nursery rhyme was about yeah. it's about death yeah. but we singing ring around the roses upon. but we've got to show genuine interest in the experience of others and not only that we got to seek harmony and associate with those in lower positions yes, sir. 16 said but we but of the same mind toward be of the same mind toward one another do not set your mind on high things but associate with the humble do not be wise in your own opinion. Now, this is easier said for some folk, but we got to seek harmony. We got to live in harmony with people. We got to learn to live in harmony with each other. We got to learn that in the body of Christ, we shouldn't be fussing and fighting against each other. The last place you should see a church or a fight happen is in church. But how many of us in here, by a show of hands, have seen a video on YouTube talking about church fight? I said by a show of hands, y'all. Yeah, I, I church fights. And, 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 and see, here's the algorithm will do a, you a favor. Once you click on one and show you that one, they'll start saying, oh, they want to see church fight, more church fight. And next thing you know, all of a sudden, all these church fights start popping up. Why is it that we have people in the body of Christ fighting? If we've been exhorted to have harmony and live as peace with one another as much as it is possible within you. And it is possible in you to live at peace with other people. Why are we fighting? Why are we not living in harmony with our brothers and sisters? We've been exhorted to live in harmony with our fellow man. We've been exhorted to live in harmony with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We should not be fussing and fighting in the church. And I got some bad news for you. You shouldn't be fussing and fighting outside of the church. As Christians, we are to promote peace. As Christians, we are to promote harmony. As Christians, we are to promote God. I can't promote God and knock you out at the same time. Hallelujah. I can't promote God and slap you at the same time. I got to do one or the other. I've got to choose to live in harmony with you or I've got to choose to be at odds with you. But it's a choice of your attitude. And that's the thing about it. Some of us need a, what we call an attitude adjustment. Amen. And sometimes you may have gotten it already from your parents. Amen. Amen. They, they give you an attitude adjustment. What they saw was your attitude wasn't right. And they said, I need to do something to you to help you adjust it because you can't seem to adjust it yourself. 
Amen. That's what the Bible says. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Because you don't want God humbling you. So as Christians, we need to learn to humble ourselves and live in harmony and peace with one another. And some of you may know this word, some of you may, but don't be snobbish. Don't be snobbish. As Christians, we should not be snobbish people. There is no one beneath us. There is no one. That, and, it could, and last time I checked, he said, go ye therefore into all the earth, right? Baptizing what? All nations. Did he say just the rich folk? No. Did he say just the black folk? No. Just the white? He said all people, all nations, right? So there's nobody beneath us. That's right. some, I don't know where some folk get off thinking, I can't go into certain situations. Mm. I can't go into certain places because those people are not worthy of my presence. Mm-hmm. Somebody need to set you straight. Amen. Amen. But the thing is, as Christians, we ought to be able to associate with everybody. No matter how high in life you may be or no matter how low in life you may be. I don't know about you, but I've been in some Christian circles. Uh Amen. And I guess because I'm not high enough up on the pecking order. Amen. You don't get noticed. Amen. Or you don't get talked to. Amen. Or you get a glancing talk. Hey, hey, hey. But outside of that circle, you may get a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to learn to be respectful mm-hmm. of all people, mm-hmm. honor all people. Amen. Because if we're not, if we're walking around here thinking we're better than somebody, then we missed it. Yeah. Right, right. We've missed it. The last time I checked when I read my Bible, Jesus hung out with sinners, yes, mm-hmm. prostitutes. Yes, yeah. sir. Tax collectors, mm-hmm. all kind of folk. He didn't pick and choose whoever came his way. Yeah. He ministered to whoever came his way. He hung out. He went to Zacchaeus' house. Mm-hmm. He went to some folk house and the, 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 the Pharisee, you know, what is he doing? Why is he going to his house? He could have came to our house. But he chose to go to the house of this sinner. And when the woman washed his feet, he said, yes, if sir. he knew what kind of woman she was, should it matter to us what kind of woman she is? Is, is not Christ the same Christ for all? Did he not die for all folk? Did he not die for all sins? Did he not die for every situation that you could find yourself in? Does it not say that he is in touch with all of our infirmities? So why do we pick and choose who we want to minister to? Why do we pick and choose who we want to hang out with? Why do we pick and choose? There should be no picking and choosing in the body of Christ. There should just simply be ministry. We minister to whoever comes. We talk to whoever's there. We bless whoever's there. We love on whoever's there. It shouldn't matter how high you are or how low you are before I talk to you. It shouldn't matter how high you are before I walk around with you. It shouldn't matter how high you are before I even have a conversation with you. It shouldn't matter how much money is in your pocket. Amen. Because we got folk like that too. Yeah. Yes, sir. And the worst thing is this. And Bishop, you knew you you I know you know about this. You invite somebody to preach and first come out their mouth and how many folk you got. Yeah. <laughs> Does it matter how many folk I got? Does it matter how many? I ask you to come and preach a word. Well, you know. I got to have a, a seed offering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do that 
And some, you got to have a 10-figure or six-figure yeah. honorarium for them to show up. What happened <laughs> to understanding that there's ministry out there that needs to be engaged in? What happened to maybe God allowed that person to invite you because there's a need in the house? What happened to understanding that there's some assignments that have been ordained by God no matter what you're going to get or not get? I'm so glad that Dr. Calvin L. Miller taught me early on in a minute. He said, don't worry about money. He said, you might go some places and they'll bless your socks off. And he said, then you might go somewhere else and they give you nothing. So I've just been going through ministry not worrying about this or worrying about that when it comes to that, but letting God have his way, and God has worked it out. I've been some places, and they gave me something, and I was like, whoa. And I've been some places, and they gave me something, I'm like, okay, it's cool. But I, no matter where I go, and guess what? I'm going to preach the same. If I go somewhere, and they give me $400, I'll preach the same. If I go somewhere, and they give me $2, I'll preach the same. Because the ministry is the same. It doesn't matter who's there. And if Laverne was here, I shall have shown up right. If it's two there, I'm going to preach the same. If there's a hundred there, I'm going to preach the same. If there's 400 there, I'm going to preach the same. It doesn't matter. They showed up to be ministered to, and I'm there to minister, then I'm going to do the job that God sent me to do. I'm not worried about who they are. It doesn't matter what neighborhood they come from. Some of my best friends have been some stinky folks. Some of my best friends have been folk who peed the bed, as they say. Some of my best friends have been some folk who didn't quite act right, who didn't quite look right. But guess what? I love them just the same. Why? Because they were my friends. And I love them just the same. Why? Because we were in the same boat. How can I hate on you and we're in the same boat? That's it. We got to learn to not be snobbish. And we got to learn to avoid conceit. Jesus. I know... Y'all some fine looking folk. But when it's all said and done, we nothing but dirt. Some folk get it in their mind that they are above everyone else. And they are more deserving Mm -hmm. of everyone else. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they soon gain this English (laughs) (laughs) accent. <laughs> and they look at you and say, uh, "Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Where do you come from?" <laughs> and if you're from the wrong side of the tracks, away from me, peasant. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the attitude. Now they may not go that extreme, but that's the attitude yeah. that they have. Right. I'm above you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know y'all think about that. Uh, it's, it's above oh, me yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm above. No, 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 no. We should not get so caught up in ourselves that we get conceited. Mm. Now, that used to be a major word back in the day when I was growing up. Mm, he conceited. Mm, she conceited. Now, back then, I didn't know what they were talking about. I'm like, yeah, okay, he conceited. But when you start living life and you start running into people and you start noticing that people have uh, a way about themselves where they, they think more of themselves than they do you. Mm-hmm. And they're not willing, they are not afraid to tell you that they think more of themselves mm-hmm. than they do you. And if you're not careful, you know, some folk will start giving you advice on how to better yourself because they've got it so together. They've gotten it so together. What you need to do is change the way you think. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they don't have the ability to change the way they think because they're too busy worrying about how they're going to put food on the table mm-hmm. and, and put clothes on their children's back and things of that nature. I had one of my co-workers tell me that his wife wrote a dissertation on why black children can't learn. 
And I said, uh, first of all, you misguided in that black children can learn. I said, the thing you got to understand and the thing you have to know is this. Sometimes when that child goes home, there's other things that they have to worry about other than those books. Because if mama's got to work two and three jobs just to make ends meet, maybe that older child has to now become the caregiver. She's got to play mama and babysitter and cook and, and, and educate herself. So her grades may suffer because she's got more on her plate yeah, than she's supposed to have yeah. as a child or he's supposed to have as a child. Yeah. Maybe when they go home in the evening, maybe they're hungry and therefore they can't focus yeah. because they've got some other issues going on in life. So don't say that they can't learn. And I never thought about that. I know you haven't mm -hmm. because it's never been your concern. Yeah. You've never thought about it because it's never been your issue. Right. But don't make it somebody else's issue and put yourself above it and say that you're above that. Yes. And then don't get so above a situation that you can't reach down and help. Mm -hmm. Don't get so above a situation that you can't reach your hands yes. in and help out. Amen. You got to learn to give back because sometimes these are the only hands of God that they'll ever see. Yes. These are the only hands of God that they'll ever experience. These are the only hands of God that will ever touch them. And it's because you feel them. You empathize with them. You have sympathy with them. And you reached into their situation and begin to show them the grace of God. Begin to show them the mercies of God. And because you reached into their city, they may have talked about you. But that's alright. You blessed them instead. You gave them a good word instead. You talked well about them. And because you blessed them and because you were willing to get beside them and empathize with them and sympathize with them because you were willing to feel what they were feeling and go through what they were going through and then you reached down in their situation they weren't beneath you. But you were able to touch them you're able to minister to them and give them what they stood in need of now you find yourself doing something about the evil that is in the world you find yourself doing something about the evil that is out there we've been able to conquer evil why because we chose to do good instead of doing bad we chose to bless instead of curse we chose to have sympathy instead of doing something else we've chosen to get down and feel what they are feeling when we understand yes there is evil out there but if we react with the right attitude, we can do something about that evil. If we react with the right heart, we can do something about that evil. So I encourage you today, no matter where you find evil in this world, make it a reaction of your heart and a reaction of your attitude that you might go out and conquer the evil in the world. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.